But like, my thing is, I always look at it, it's like Borough Market. Yeah. <laughs> you and Borough Market. Honestly, because Didn't me, you go to Borough Market the first time like two years ago? Yeah. <laughs> and I've been mad like every time I'm back in the UK since. What's up, Just Foodies? Well, this isn't actually Just Food DXB. That's right. Guys and girls, welcome to a new food podcast hosted by me, Taryn, and my co-host, Alex, where we take you on an unfiltered, unapologetic tour of the food culture here in Dubai. And sometimes we'll go beyond. It's called Savage Appetites, and we're aiming to serve up a heaping plate of anything and everything food-related. Plus, maybe we'll chat about the things we're not supposed to talk about. So, if you're in the mood to listen to us waffle on, or you're just a foodie at heart looking to add another podcast to your list, then join us. And it's even available in a visual format too. Savage Appetites, unfiltered foodie conversations. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to episode two. Ooh. First of all, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. I have missed you. This has been a pleasure to sit in this comfy chair and have a little chat with you. We were just saying that. I think this is probably like my favorite part of the week. Right? You just know, to sit here. Unbeknownst to our listeners, there's been a little gap. There hasn't been. In between first episode, which is more of a pilot to where we are today so yes. it's been a it's been a couple of weeks and we literally like before this we haven't said a word to each other like we saw each other for the first we're time we're not like, allowed to talk to each other now yeah not at all on message don't say a word to each yeah, other yeah. we were in the left both completely silent it was this like the life of a podcast exactly now. we can't we actually talk to each other I wish I had a podcast with my message <laughs> <laughs> sorry baby that's part two okay so first of all I want to hear all about your trip. So tell our listeners where were you? Oh, do you want me to talk about my trip? I want you to go first. You go, you go. Okay, well, I went to the land down under. Australia. Australia. For a long time, actually. I was there for like 16, 16, 17 days. What did you go down there for? Primarily a wedding. But also, as you know, my missus is from Australia. She is. And we went to go see her family and see our friends because our friends from Dubai have moved to Australia. Yes. And I bought you a little gift. I love gifts. A gift that you would like. It's a new driver. <laughs> Anti-Shang driver. Now, actually, way back when, uh, considering golf, actually, this is, this is actually conveniently talks about golf. Okay. We went to golf and you pulled out a drink, which you called an old Schlemmy. Schlemdog. Which is a, a hard seltzer. It is. So you got me onto this. It's a quite refreshing drink. Now... In Australia, it seems like they drink that in abundance Ooh. and they have their own brands. So I bought over Fella Hard Seltzer. There you go, oh my, my friend. Gosh. I like the simple packaging on that. That's nice, isn't it? I've got a few for us. And I thought we can crack some open. Yeah. Non-alcoholic. Zero percent alcohol. Mm, no. <laughs> That's a lie, my friend. <laughs> yes, he's like... This is the fit. No, I don't. I should don't know the potential. Of this no, actually. it literally says here. It says uh, brewed non-alcoholic seltzer. Yeah, that, it does say that. It says non-alcoholic seltzer. Cheers, cheers, buddy. Have a first sip. Thank you very much. Let's see what it says. Let's see. Mm, lovely passion fruit, passion fruit flavor. So I found a lot of people drinking that in Australia. I thought it'd be nice to bring it over, and we can have three. I've got two more down there. As a little cheeky present to kick off episode six. You can tell he's just got back from holidays and a holiday mood. Oh, exactly. I mean, drinking for 16 days straight is pretty wild. Not not excessively. Well, that's debatable. So, I've never been to Australia. Always wanted to go. Yeah. I hear amazing things about the food scene. Wonderful, wonderful food, food scene. Tours so, okay. I went to three major cities from the west coast to the east. Went to Perth, then to Adelaide, then Sydney. And I thought maybe I could talk about my favourite dishes in those cities. Okay. Well, the culture, to be fair. Now, 
landing in Perth. Day one, we didn't do too much because it's a big old flight. Yeah. We went to this lovely oyster bar. Seafood seems to be quite prevalent okay. in either of the cities, actually. And I think because obviously it's a coastal city. Yeah, yeah. So fresh lo- local produce is there. It's fantastic. The oysters, seafood was fantastic. And I love my oysters. So we went to a nice little oyster bar at the start. They do different varieties of oysters. So you have your normal vinaigrettes and whatnot. Then they did like a Thai fusion one. Mm. There was like a cheese one. Nice little starter, wine, plenty of wine yeah. in Australia. The house, the home of wine, I'd say the house. Um, so that was a little starter into it. So I was getting my feet in there and I'm like, mm, this is quite nice. Yeah. But, so we went to uh, a place called Margaret River. Okay. Now Margaret River is like three hours south from Perth and it's basically their wine region. Mm. So do you know many wine regions? I'm not great with wine. Yeah. Well, as in I like, like wine. Oh, okay. I don't know anything about what you mean, it. You mean doesn't agree with no, you? No, no. I've been on like wine tours and they've tried to explain it to me. Still red and white rosé. I love my wine. Yeah. I love my wine. Okay. Right? I, I like my. Drink, I like drinking my wine. I, I don't know some sort of nuances that, on the wine, how to it taste it correctly. But I leave that to my missus. She's the. I'm the foodie. She's the. So she's the drinker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm and sorry. Second episode with <laughs> yeah, no better exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We don't have girlfriends now. Cheers to that. Oh, let me drink that. Uh, pause in that. Mm, this is delicious. It is delicious. No, so um, went to Margaret River, which is a very much of a, a wine region, three hours south. Uh, fun fact, actually, it produces 25% of the premium wines in Australia. Oh, right. All okay. of it. Considering it, and it's very, very small, yeah. but it produces just high quality wines. And we went to a restaurant called Rustico. Right, in one of the, the, the kind of vineyards. I don't know exactly what the name of the, the vineyard was. Wooden tables. Mate, it was it was a dream. And we did a five course degas station. A what? A degas station. What the hell's a degas station? A degas station. Do you not know what that is? I don't know what that is. Essentially, I think it's the, the French term for a tasting menu. Okay. So we did a five course, and I thought it'd be nice to kind of run through what I had because yes. I want to be honest, I've done many tasting menus, blessed enough to do that. And this one was absolutely fucking incredible. Look at you with your iPad. Oh, I know. <laughs> I need the menu because there was so much to talk about on this trip in terms of food. And I was like, early stay, I was like, I, I, I need to like kind of write this down because I'm like, I'm going to forget all the great food. Okay, that I've had. hit me. What right. we got? So, so I'm sat at the table. We're sat at the table. You're sat at the table. You're surrounded by beautiful vineyards, right? Vineyards everywhere. There's like an open deck. Uh, we sat in the corner where you had a wonderful view, surrounded by beautiful people, drinking wine. This degustation is flowing. Food. Go, go, go. Okay. Get me with it. Course one. Now, okay. this is interesting. They break into five courses. Each course, though, comes in two pairs. So you get two dishes okay. per course. And obviously, they're smaller smaller bites, But which I thought it was quite unusual. It's usually like course one is a dish. Course yeah. two is it. This is like course one is two dishes. Course Three is two dishes. Money, so far. Right. I'm going to go through them. You tell me how you feel about this. Course one, duck liver parfait. Yes. On like a nice little bit of ciabatta. Second to that, churros, right? Not the sweet churros. This is a savory churro. So whipped goat's ricotta fig hazelnut in a churro. And I can see your face thinking, mm, not You know me. what? My first thoughts are independently both. Perfect. Yeah. Do I want a pate? No, 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 you're getting it wrong. Duck liver par- parfait. 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 It's, it's parfait pate? Yeah, pate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Essentially, I think. Don't check yeah. me. That is one dish. 
Right. Okay, so I, I eat that, I finish it, and then they bring no, the... They bring, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they bring them together, two dishes. I be think I'd be trying one and trying the other straight after that. That's yeah, because they're only bite size. So that oh, doesn't so look just, oh, you just bang. You bang, bang. it in. Okay, fine. So Delicious. Fantastic. And then they got the... Yeah, exactly. Can you just listen? <laughs> Jesus, blabbering. Not on your Instagram now. The churros, separately. So it's in a churros, but inside, obviously, like a sweet... Inside, instead of having like a, a chocolate dip to go with a churro, always sprinkled in like um, cinnamon and sugar. Inside, it's actually this beautiful whipped ricotta, goat's ricotta cheese, essentially. Nice. Beautifully presented, lovely two little starters. Yeah. All right? Fantastic. Course two, Western Rock Lobster Profiterole. Rock Lobster? Right, yeah. Rock, rock. I can't even say it. Western Rock Lobster Profiterole with pickled onion. Mm. Okay. Grilled, and then that's one. The second dish, grilled tiger prawn. With tomato and caper butter, Ooh. crispy sage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crispy sage. Where's the crispy sage out in Dubai? I love crispy sage. I know. I don't you... think I've ever had crispy sage. Bro, it is fan fucking. Oh, like regular sage, crispy sage. Sounds no, even mate. It's, uh, honestly, uh, this is not just for the pod. It is incredible. Now, course number three was the one. Go on. Roast Timber Hill. I don't know what that means. Pork belly oh. with carrot and a PX Oh. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Like just the portion size where just, because obviously poor belly is quite fatty. It obviously. is, yeah, yeah, But you've got to make sure that crackling is just sizzling. It's nice and hard, crunchy. Unreal. I'd say honestly one of the best meals I had. What, in the whole of your trip? That one meal thing. Fantastic. Course four, barbecue lamb. Yes. Uh, with their paella arancini. Course five was a kind of a cheesecake and a cheese board, essentially. Nice. So, all in all, I'd say one of the best tasting menus I've ever had. Yeah. How much do you think that would have cost? In Dubai? In Dubai. All of that. I'm talking lobster. 10,000 dirhams. Yeah. I'm, how much I do you reckon, I reckon, what, a five-course tasting menu? Money, you've got places like Trace in the studio. When they first opened, it was like, what, five, six hundred dirhams for 10-course tasting menu? I, I can't remember. This? I reckon, yeah. 79 bucks Aussie, which is about 190 dirhams. What? I'm telling you, and it's one of the best tasting menus I've ever had in my life. And I've done a few, thankfully I've done a few, and it was incredible. Service was incredible, the food was just unreal. So the food scene in Oz, is it more is it more fine dining? No. Tasting menus, it's is the there opposite. a big street food scene? Is there like... I think it's the opposite. I think it's, it's more local restaurants in Australia. Ah. I think maybe... You know, obviously cities vary. What yeah. I found was the very, the ones I've thoroughly enjoyed, and there's a lot of them, yeah. are just the kind of small one-owner restaurants, yeah. one branch, for example. They're not the, obviously you have the high-end, especially when you're to Sydney, you do have the high-end in the CBD, which is their central business district. CBD. CBD. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> is um, You can get all the, the you know, the Michelin star, the finest restaurants yeah. you can. But all the fantastic restaurants I went to were just kind of these, one-off, one-owner restaurants, great little bars, like which would be like a hybrid of a really nice quirky bar with beautiful food. That's the thing. So I find that. I mean, and Margaret River was... I miss that. You know when you're walking down the street and you just see a restaurant, bar, people are sat outside, they're having a bite to eat, they're having a couple drinks, like sitting out in the sunshine. I just miss that so much. Oh, so good. Can someone just... I've always thought, you know Blue Waters? Yeah. Blue Waters. Yeah. <laughs> Man's deep in the iPad zone. No, I just as you're realising, this is not updated. <laughs> <laughs> the actual thing is not updated. Don't worry about it. I've got it all up here. We can pause for a second and then the edit, we're back. Okay. Pause. pause. We're back. So, 
when I thought, you know, when we had Blue Waters originally, because yeah. I think JBR's other question, when I saw Blue Waters, I was like, okay, people are talking about there could be a casino on there and gambling. I was like, why don't they make all of Blue Waters just bars, rest- just a bar, like a strip of bars? Like imagine, you know, when you- f- What kind of bar? All bars. Ah, oh, please, there's some else. No, 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 like, <laughs> not those kind of bars, but like all bars. But you know, like when you finish brunch, you're like, oh, where should we go? We'll go here. You go to like one particular venue, you might go to like blah, blah, or you can tell I don't go out very much. Yeah. But like, imagine if you could go to Blue Waters and that whole area was just bars, people sitting outside, having some food, having some drinks. Like, I still yeah. think Dubai needs that. We've I think that- few, We've got a few venues, but we haven't got like a, imagine like an area with load of bars. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think- it's just the logistics of that and the practicality and the cost associated with that. These places like Blue Wars are prime real estate. So you, what you're going to, you can only get people or businesses who are going to put big, big money into it. It's not going to be like a one person local owner who's yeah. going to go there and be like, I'm going to make this really lovely bar with great food. You're just not going to get that because it costs so much money. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, people can correct me if I'm wrong. Blue Waters, retail there, yeah. retail space. It's astronomical. And that's, I mean, that's the, that's the kind of, um, not the issue with Dubai is because anything new has to be built. And I think built has to be rented out because yeah. the investors want their money back. Whereas say in the UK, you know, some of these builders have been there for like generations. Yeah, and that's you, good just, point, yeah, you can get that space. Oh, we're going to rent that space. That obviously costs still money, but the infrastructure's already been built there. The footfall's already been defined. The building's already yes. been made. Okay, I, wanna, I want that space in Clapham, for example. Uh, I'm going to make a nice little bar there. Great. It's done. Here it's like, where do I go? Well, I can only go in the high footfall areas. Where are the high footfall areas? Downtown. How much is that going to cost me to... It's just that, that. Bajillion, million. Yeah, exactly. Billion. And that's why you probably see some of the, the more single owner restaurants going to places where JLT was a bit more yes. affordable. International City was a bit more affordable. Maybe there's places in Alcoos where you can get more money, more, more bang for your buck. I mean, that's kind of just, in my mind, top line reasons why what you just said there, why doesn't Blue Waters just do that is because I think they they can have a vision to do that, but who is going to spend this millions? Is, this is my issue. It's like, you've got an area like Blue Water. I agree. Prime real estate probably going to cost a fortune to be there. Yeah. It's empty. Yeah. They've, I mean, got so many, they've got so many like empty lots there. And I know eventually it'll get bus- busier, but just accept it and be like, you know what? We're going to drop the raids. We're going to let people flood into the area, make it a destination so that People are actively traveling there. Yeah. And then once it's got really high demand, then put the rates back up again. Yeah, exactly. And maybe just weed out all the crap. Yeah. But yeah. at the moment, like, I'd rather be full of bars, random, like, home-style bars and restaurants rather than... For sure. Just empty, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. If they... I don't know who they is. If they kind of had this... Dubai holding. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know who it was. If they actually supported it, to be fair, and say, look, we're going to support kind of like local business owners to come here and they don't have to like fit out restaurants. It could be just a bit more of a makeshift kind of That's space it. where, okay, come in and a bit, I know we're talking, we're talking about celebrities yes. on the market, stuff like this later. Then I think that could work. Anyway, you, you kind of um, interrupted my uh, Australian journey. Okay, sorry. Went down under. Let's go. Actually, I think because I kind of missed it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, for the people listening, we had a technical difficulty halfway through. I also, in Perth, had a chicken palm. Oh, so chicken BD special. BD special. So chicken palm, I think the Australians have uh, have taken that one. I think it's an Australian dish. It comes from Italian. I actually did some research on it earlier because I was like, why do Australians associate chicken palm to their culture? As it like, yes. it's a recipe for them. So I think originally, American Italian immigrants. Yeah. 1950s, I think, 
had the chicken palm. And also at the same time, Australia with Italian immigrants had the chicken palm as well. So I think there's a, there's a debate, there's a fight. Listeners, you can tell us either or who, who owns the rights to the chicken palm. I think Biddy Bondi's. <laughs> Honestly, Dubai. I'm Dubai, so gutted yeah. that Biddy Bondi's closed down. Like, how that purely for went the out of business for the for the chicken pot. I can tell you why it went out of business. That place was absolutely fucking wild. It was so good though. Like, what was it? 120 dirhams for four drinks and a meal, which was obviously going to be a chicken palm. Yeah. And yeah. then you do a second thing. Of, you get a second strip of drinks and another chicken palm. Yeah, By yeah. the end, like literally, you spend all day there. You do three yeah, chicken on palms. I should have like sad about then. Mate, can you imagine? Biddy's Saturday was just the best place in Dubai. Biddy's, wherever you are right now, please open another branch. I'll give you free coverage for life. <laughs> Honestly, I love that place so much. With my chicken palm, I had a Guinness. Ooh. Now, you don't really find Guinness a lot in Australia. I don't okay. think it travels that well. And me and you being Guinness connoisseurs, we we'll go for a few Guinnesses after this, we will. Yeah, um, that was my first introduction to Guinness in Australia. It was nice. I sent you a picture, actually. You did? I did, upside it down. Right. It was okay. It was okay. <laughs> yeah, for, for our listeners, Taz uh, sent me a photo. He said, oh, I'm having a Guinness in Australia. I was like, oh, let's see it. And there's a picture of Taz drinking a Guinness, but it was upside down. <laughs> <laughs> comedy comedy gold. Comedy gold. Okay, then we flew to Adelaide. Yeah. I was there for a wedding. Uh, my friend made me a gruzu. Very nice it? for him. Beautiful, beautiful yeah, wedding in the hills of Adelaide. Fantastic. So where we stayed at the initially was more on the coastal side of Adelaide. That's where the bride lived. Yeah. And we stayed in this hotel called, it's called the Largs Pier Hotel. Okay. It's kind of the, you know, you can think of like those seaside pubs, which are hotels. Do you know what I mean? Like in, 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 in the UK, you I probably haven't been Devon. I live in Devon. I'm trying to think of a seaside pub hotel. I know which one you mean. Yeah, like that kind of like seaside by the Small, coast. like boutique little hotel. Yeah, hotel. Bed, like bed and breakfast type of thing. Yes. Family owned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So. That's where we stayed. And you just don't think of, uh, okay, the food's going to be incredible. Yeah. But my God, it was. <laughs> Again, with the, the shenanigans of Australia, just pulling out dishes after dishes, I had kangaroo. Ooh. I'm in Australia. Go on, hop I'm to pot, it. I'm pot, I'm pot. Hop, yeah, hop yeah, to yeah, it. Tell me how it How's that? How's that? How's themselves go? I'm not like other ones. Um, I, honestly, so obviously she came around. The menu looked great. Yeah. Pubby, pub food, pub classics. Yeah. Right? Love it. That's that's my bread and butter. Pub food is like yeah. homely, hearty, flavorful. So right? my mind is just racing, trying to think of kangaroo pods. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying uh, like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Pang- kangaroo facts. Um, so, um, and she said, "Oh, one of our, the kangaroo is one of our kind of you know, popular dishes." So it's not just a gimmick. Yeah, it's actually they take it quite seriously. Now I've actually kind of got the menu here in terms of what it is. So char grilled kangaroo fillet. Bad onion puree and sticky root vegetables on this juniper berry jus. Right? So it's kind of like how we would serve like a lamb mm. or a veal. Yeah. Very classical. Yeah. For the dark jus. Yeah, exactly. So you get that really umami. What is it? Is it like flavor. a gamey flavor? Yes. Is it chewy? Is it quite bouncy? No. Or? So it, it's not as gamey as I thought it would be. Oh, <laughs> hey! <laughs> <laughs> Just leading me into these. Um, it, it was, it's, it's not. It's, so I was expecting it to be like steak, to be fair. Yeah. And it kind of does borderline steak tasting. Okay. So if if I honestly gave that to you and said that's a steak, <laughs> so, well, you're trying to think I've got another one. <laughs> well, you, put, you put it in there. That's right, no, no, if, you, if, you, um, if I give you that, yeah. you probably think it's steak. Okay. Right? It's a little bit more gamey, slightly a bit more tough. It's not as tender. Okay, yeah, But yeah. still incredible. And I think obviously the jus and everything and the potatoes made that dish what it is. 
but it's absolutely fantastic. We'll put we'll put some of these images on our socials so you can see. I took all pictures of everything. Oh, really? We're going to put it on? Oh, yeah. On the good. socials. So when you listen, when you listen now, go to our socials and you'll see. A and bit you'll more be able to see the food that looks so delicious that you probably won't be able to eat because it's on the other side of the world. Thank yeah, you exactly. Much. Savage appetites. But if you do, tell them Tara's in. <laughs> that's 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 pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, and then okay, so then and then we went to the wedding. The wedding was fantastic. They did like a sharing uh, style, family style menu, which nice. I always think when I see that, I'm like, mm, food's gonna be a bit shit. Yeah. If I'm honest, it, it yeah. usually is a bit shit because it's just family style. The food gets a bit cold. It's not the great, incredible. And I think I think the reason being, I think the tray I saw in Australia was that just really good produce. And when you have really yeah. good ingredients and really good produce at your doorstep, because the land is so rich of that, there's not much you need to kind of do to make it taste good. Where obviously when you're when you're lacking that, you have to put a lot more kind of chefy techniques and flavors and, and trying you try and play with it. And, and that's kind of that was kind of my takeaway from Australia is just really really fantastic good produce mm. available at hand, and all that just like it was just like when you buy these meals. You think if I bought this here in Dubai, this would be like 300 dirhams and it'd be like 80 dirhams. So I always heard like Australia was super expensive. It depends where you go. Now, I guess Sydney is Sydney pricey. Apparently, Sydney's like Dubai. Apparently, it's a cross between Dubai and London. I think, I think yeah, it is. It is. It is. It, well, I think it's, it's more in it's like London, London in the Sunday said. Yeah, it's more London, is it? I, I don't think it's, it's not really Dubai. It's more it's London. Good. It's more London. It's like London with better weather, Ooh. essentially, and a bit cleaner, to be fair. I think I want to go there. Oh, mate, it's incredible. I'll go there. We'll take you. So, and and Sydney was just then. Sydney was just full of fantastic restaurants, full of fantastic bars, and again, quite a lot of Asian influence. I yeah, thought. I hear that because obviously they're so close to yeah. Southeast Asia. There's a big Asian community there. A lot of Japanese restaurants, Chinese restaurants, Vietnamese restaurants, all the easies essentially. <laughs> but um, there was a lot of those uh, those kind of cuisines and restaurants. I just noticed you walk past. They have a Chinatown as well, which yeah. you have to. But you'd notice that there's a quite a lot of Asian influence in, in Sydney in terms of the restaurants. Interesting. So again, bottom line for me, the food scene in Australia is fantastic. And I think it lends itself quite nicely because of the great produce they have on hand. And I that's think that's I think that's the that's the key takeaway for me from I'm wondering I'm because I was speaking to my friends earlier. I'm wondering that's if that's where Dubai is lacking. Is because we don't have that quality of produce. Look at all the big food struggling in that sense. So think yeah. about all the big food leaders like global food hubs around the world yeah london uk farmers markets she like farms homegrown cattle pigs yeah. etc uh, italy beautiful vegetables wine mediterranean cheese, mediterranean all volcanic soil then you've got because they're, they're lucky blessed with it i'm just wondering if that's where dubai is kind of missing the mark but I think everything's I, imported yeah I don't know, everything has can you be a global food hub if you don't have that quality produce i think i think that's that i think that's that's the million dollar question actually but before we go into that mm. didn't you go on holiday as well i did i did go on holiday i went to georgia for five days so we had the long holiday yeah so we were humming and hard about going away and i was like you know when i went to that shoot with pepsi what pepsi pepsi commercial yeah um, <laughs> i went to that pepsi shoot earlier in the earlier in the year and i was like i had that anxiety about traveling alone and i was like i just need to go and break it so i went up to kazbegi the mountains in georgia yes i remember so this. Like three days on the hiking staying in the log cabin absolutely loved it so i came back and told my missus to talk about it i was like we need to go back so went to georgia done the exact same thing stayed in the log cabin voyager kazbegi if you guys ever go to kazbegi stay at these cabins this lovely little georgian couple popped up these two cabins like 
all wood, underfloor heating. How do you find it? Like it was, you... I, I, it was on booking.com and it's like, I think it's something like 400 dirhams a night or something. Wow. And you get the cabin all to yourself. The bed's like upstairs. You get up a ladder to get into it. And all you can hear is like the wind in the rain just howling outside. Yeah, and we got, nice. we got lucky. It was like the weather was perfect. So then you go up, you hike up the mountain. There's like a monastery up on the mountain. So you yeah. just hike up. There's all these wild dogs and they just like follow you up there and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I remember us... you made a friend with the dog last time. We made another one. I couldn't find him. Super gutted. Crum... <laughs> Crumpet, if you're listening, where are you, boy? Because I couldn't find you. But when we found another one called Gingy, this little puppy that was just with us like all day. Like, yeah. She slept at our place, not inside. Anyway, so we, you go up there. Stunning, peaceful, hiking all the days. And then you come down to the town in the evening and you've just got these little home, like homegrown restaurants two or three Georgian people running them. Food, excellent. So is, is is it like a town? It's a tiny town, but it's like, you know when you watch Borat and you see him go through like Kazakhstan, like how that's stereotypical? <laughs> yeah, it yeah. literally looks like that. Like if you, minus the cabin that we were staying at, the rest of the the, the rest of the town looks very similar, mm. um, but they're building a massive tunnel from Tbilisi. So instead of it being like three and a half hours, it's going to be like an hour, hour and a half. Oh, because you have to go through the mountains, essentially. Yes, yeah, right through the mountain roads, yeah. Yeah, okay. So you go there, the food is just, it's so simple and basic, but it's just excellent. Tell me what is the, what is the Georgian, is it Georgian cuisine? Yeah, Do you Georgian, say Georgian? Yeah, say Georgian? Georgian cuisine. So the classic dishes, so they've got like kinkali dumplings. So these are like homemade dumplings in a bit of a spiral shape. And inside you've got hot soup. Yeah. So, so dumplings, in my mind, obviously go straight to East Asia, but then yes. also I know dumplings is quite prevalent in Eastern European cuisine. Pierogies in Poland. Yeah, exactly. We, I actually want to do a series, what is the best dumpling around the world? That's quite interesting, like how every that- Every culture has is, a dumpling. Yeah. That is odd. You got Chinese wontons, Japanese gozas, Polish pierogies, uh, momos from Nepal. Nepal, yeah. Georgian kinkali, like- Which is just, it's just I think it's when you've got flour and you want water, it's like a natural progression, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's always that age-old- debate about who invented like pasta slash noodles was yeah. it the Chinese or was it the Italians well if you ask my friend Reza from Iran everything's Iranian <laughs> in the first culture and anyway so we go in there the, the dishes that they have they have the kinkali soup dumplings normally filled with beef or pork and soup um, you've got lobio which is like kidney beans in a clay pot so they bring it out bubbling in the clay pot I'm feeling they've this they've got uh, pork and chicken barbecue they're big on their like just barbecued meat yeah um, and bread like, what the barbecue is it seasoned it's salt and pepper no, or is it like I tell you what I tell you a story we were up in uh, Gadari we were skiing yeah. uh, a couple of years ago and we were like oh what should we order and the woman was like the, the pork barbecue is really really good and everyone was like no we're not going to have it at the top of the mountain I was like I'll try it yeah. we look over and our husband has got a bin bag <laughs> a bin bag full of pork and right. he's just pulling the pork out of the bin bag and just chucking it on the barbecue. Very nice. Everyone's like, you're going to die. Like, yeah, yeah. there was no food, like, food hygiene at all. Came over, everyone's like, give me that look. Your boy just grabs it, eats it. Best pot barbecue ever had in my life. Really? Like, super crispy, salty, but then, like, succulent, tender. In the yeah, middle. Like, yeah, yeah. how they do it. And it's normally served with, like, raw onions, so you've got, like, that acidity ah, and bitterness. Like it, like it. And then they also do, do dishes where they put, like, potatoes and garlic in there and herbs and wine like mm. Georgians invented wine apparently yeah I was gonna say that's that is the, that's their claim I think there is yeah they're like one of the oldest cultures but the food's just simple honest like home cooking the only thing I will say and this is I think applies to a lot of food culture around the world not much variety like if you go into Georgia you're only having Georgian food yeah yeah of course <laughs> like we walked past one Thai restaurant that was like packed but 
you don't see a lot of like you don't see like an Italian a steakhouse or this yeah, and yeah, yeah, Georgian yeah. exactly. I think I guess like going to that type of place it's like a major capital where you have the abundance of different food You, I think you, if you're going to Georgia for that I think you want to experience the the culture of it yeah the thing that I have a bit of a concern with and I had this when we visited Italy it's like I love Italian food yeah, fantastic to, to Italy to just seeing pizza and pasta yeah, you're yeah. done you want to come back you want to have some Iranian food you want to have some Thai food yeah 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 and I think that's a privilege the, that's the one thing that I think Dubai definitely has is Dubai has such a diverse culture so many different people from around the world bringing their food and their cuisines with them yeah so and, does that mean going back to the going full circle now is is Dubai a global food hub does it have the opportunity because it's where it's strategically positioned actually I don't think that even makes any difference really but I think it does but think about think when you think about New York or London or I don't know San Francisco or any of these kind of major cities they are going to have an abundance of different cuisines yeah and I think because they're quite large enough, they have even pockets within the cities that focus on, say, a Chinatown or there being yes. more of a, an Arab influence on one side or yeah. Turkish influence. They have their, and then kind of the, I don't know what, the neighborhoods are quite prevalent in that kind of culture. And then you have the, the restaurants will pop up in that. Yeah. So I think, whereas Dubai, I think, I think the real reason is, if I'm thinking about it now, is Dubai is young. It's just young. It's, it's only, I don't know, how old, yeah. 40, 50 years old, 54? Years old, and I think where's the, all the rest of these cities? They've been there for generations, and there's been they've That's loads of people have emigrated to these cities, and they've built their own little pocket of culture. And the yeah. food is so important to culture in itself that it obviously is just going to you know thrive. Where I think Dubai at the moment it's still very young, and and I think the turning point now, even for me actually, even I've been here for over a decade now. The food culture since when I arrived to what it is now has massively changed. Back then it was yeah. very much so the kind of glitz and glam, the the kind of tour buildings, supercars and the fine dining restaurants and you have the bit of the rest of the stuff. Now yeah, you think it's changed much? I think so, yeah. I think there's now there's more opportunity where there are a bit more there's more of a variety of restaurants that you can go to. See, the, my, well, my issue with Dubai is, I don't have many issues with Dubai. Can I just say, say, the, say this before You're about to get deported, boy. Yeah, exactly. I think Dubai has got a very, very diverse food scene. Like, you've got Indian, Pakistani, yeah. you've got Iranian, you've got Turkish, you've got Chinese. You've got anything you could possibly want in Dubai, and that is really a strong point. The quality of produce, obviously, everything's imported, so there's a limited yeah. amount of what you can do with it. And it is a very new country. And I was speaking with Reza before I came here and he said the exact same thing. He said, look, the country's only 50 years old. The rest of these cities have been around for hundreds of years. But if you look at Dubai, Dubai has leapfrogged every other country when you look at like the economy, the safety, the security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They learn from other places and they adopt the best parts. So why are we still behind these other markets when it comes to the food scene. I'm like, I look at the efforts that they're trying to make and they say, okay, you know, we want Dubai to be a global food tourism hub. Yeah. And the way we're going to do that is bring Michelin Guide here. And I'm like, right, right, right. I see what you're doing. I understand like you want to make sure Dubai is on a global stage when it comes to food. But when people go to London, obviously they are dining at the fine dining restaurants or you go to Borough Market and you see hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people every single day going through that market buying yeah, that yeah. food. And I'm. this is literally going to be the podcast called 
how many times can Alex bang on about borough market until someone builds him one in Dubai? Because that's, <laughs> that's literally yeah. what I want. I want a food market in Dubai that's licensed that you get proper homegrown businesses like Penelope Ceviche or all these supper clubs that are just hidden away in their apartments. Like, why yeah. haven't they got a space where they can come and they can sell their food and they can try and they can fail and they can succeed? And why feel, do you think there is there is that? I don't, I don't do you think, think there is there? I, I think they're not cultivating the environment. Like when people have to spend a million dirhams to launch a food truck and it sits a ride market and they can't move it, even though there's people down at Kite Beach one week. Yeah. You're not you're not cultivating the environment. I would say like give an area, like my idea, I'll, I'll pitch you this. Dubai Tourism, if you're listening, listen to your boy right now. Yeah. Give me a big dock off warehouse in Alcoz. Yeah. Okay. Alcohol license for free. Thank you very much. Lovely. Full air conditioning, free valet parking. Seltzers. Yeah. And you just go there and every homegrown business, providing they've passed basic food hygiene standards and you get the munis- municipality to walk around, check people are cleaning their stations. Because like when I went to Camden Market, it's a shithole. Like, <laughs> yeah. Those places, there's, there's they, rats. They're churning out such volume, their stations are manking, it actually puts you off. So you need to be hygienic. Your stations need to be clean. But you come in for a couple of weeks, you pay bare bones to be there. You try sell your stuff. If you shit... No one's going to come there. You're going to be out in a couple of weeks anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the new places come in, and if they succeed, they then buy a store. And if they buy a store, then they buy a restaurant. And it gives them that chance to evolve. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I guess, is that where Time Out, time out Market is? Because I've been, no. I went to <laughs> I went to Time Out Market this year in Portugal, in Lisbon. Okay. And I think, I don't know if that's one of the original ones. I think there's one in Chicago. And that is the definition of what you just said. Yeah. That is what you described in terms of local homegrown restaurants making their name for themselves. They switch them around. Time out market is the epitome. The idea, the concept is that. Yes. Now now we have one in Dubai. And what what's your thoughts then? Do you think that's like, isn't that not what you're just explaining? See, Time Out Market, when it first opened, like, I was the most enthusiastic person. And I love Time Out Market, I, to be fair. I, I, honestly, for, for what it is, the location that it is, it's perfect. Yeah. And it really did achieve what it set out to do. It was going to take the best of the best homegrown brands, put them in a space, alcohol license, perfect. But the problem is you go in there, nowhere's got any identity. All the branding is the same, all the kitchens mm. are the same. But that, that is... To, that is time at market though that's the point of I, I understand but when you look at it it's the commercial aspect is because they want to be able to just shop people out put new people back in what is the the kind of rule on that is it like I don't know someone told oh, me oh yeah it's like you've got like six months or a year to hit like commercial targets and if not like you're out which is fair enough you don't want just dead brands being in exactly there. but how many how many restaurants have changed since day one I'm, I, I haven't been there recently I think there's like four or five that have been have kind of come, come and gone yeah fair enough but like my thing is I always look at it it's like Borough Market yeah <laughs> you want Borough Market honestly did me- you go to Borough Market the first time like two years ago yeah <laughs> And I've been mad like every time I'm back in the UK since. Because like you oh, go there and it's just people with a table or a flat top griddle yeah, or yeah. a wok with a little plastic stand and they're just cooking. You get Ethiopian food, Vietnamese food, Thai food, bao buns. You get sandwiches, you get pork, you get bratwurst. Yeah. You get everything you want. Yeah, yeah. And it's just a little stand that people can just try the things out. Yeah, and yeah. then you can have a beer and you can walk around and you can buy some champagne if you want or whatever. Yeah, okay. But I was speaking with Nadia. She's a like literally the most knowledgeable person about food scene in Dubai and she was like we need to get her on the pod no idea if you're listening come and join Um, the thing about Borough Market was it was traditionally for food producers so you would have the farmers there the cattle farmers the big farmers the cheese like the fishmongers everyone was there and Mm. it was a it was a produce market and then the suppliers started coming in so I think maybe 
I don't know. There's a place called Timbuktu Market that's opening next yeah, I year. remember this. Actually, you were saying something, this Timbuktu yeah. place, so which is going to be a, a borough market. I think that's what we set out to be. So it's, it's going to be in Albasha. Apparently, there's two towers. It's massive. It's a huge, huge space. Yeah. And I think it... What's that? In, in Albasha? In Albasha, yeah. It's like... Okay. It's, it's enormous space. And basically, Hani Bedouin Foodie, he's a big blogger over here. Yeah. He's probably one of the most legit bloggers, like... He doesn't take a penny. He just goes and does his own thing. Which one's that? I need to follow. You need to follow him. He's legit. And he goes around all around the world. He's like super, super. What's it look like? Bald, bald head Saudi guy. Okay. Yeah. He's a nice guy, but he's he's basically leading the, he's like consulting them on which brands. And if you've, oh, already, okay. if you've already got a restaurant established or a concept established here, you're not allowed in. Ooh. Okay. Well, this is it then. This is what you're talking about. This, this is what you want. This is what I'm putting all of my eggs in Hanny's basket right now. I really. Hanny, best of a big basket. I want this Timbuktu thing to work. My only worry with it is when I saw the mock ups for it, there's like a yoga studio and a spin class. And I'm like, oh. I thought this is like, no, because it's like a space. It's like a big, big, big space. So they want like cafes there and yoga studios. And then you get food. And I'm like, ah, so it's kind of a multi purpose. It's like a lifestyle, lifestyle. Oh, I don't okay. know. Well, you're not gonna then. You're not gonna get the the kind of food. You're not gonna get like a pork knuckle shoulder sandwich from that. But that's my worry. But like, if I, I guess that's not the if I put, purpose of it. Yeah, I think if Hanny's in charge of it and he's leading the charge on what brands, it's gonna be legit. It will be our closest to Borough Market we can get. Yeah, but do you love Borough Market? I do indeed. If there's a yoga studio and all this other stuff, I think it's just gonna. Make it Dubai pretentious. Maybe. Well, yeah, it's hard it to say until me. until it launches. When is that launching? I think it's next year. Next year or 20... Yeah, I don't think it's 2025. I think it's next year. Oh, okay. It's almost there. It's pretty much built. It's just now getting the vendors and stuff like that. Fair enough. I guess, I mean, look, I think that's the point. For me, I think, like we mentioned about Dubai and the restaurants they have here, I think it's in its infancy. Yeah. I think that's what's... Inevitably, we're quite blessed the fact that we live in different countries where we we're free to travel quite easily yeah. we can move we can, i can fly to new york tomorrow and hit the food markets there if i if i really wanted to because we're blessed to travel that way freely i think dubai right now is obviously strategically in a good position yeah in terms of the economy and, and what and what dubai is and i do agree with you that i think the food scene i i, I don't i don't want to be disrespect to the food scene here because there are a lot of people here doing it really agreed, well agreed so and i think and i just think it needs the opportunity to grow and i think what you're saying which i i fully agree with it just has to be implemented and it has to be fed it has to be nurtured and eventually you'll get to a point where it kind of feeds itself and yeah. that becomes the norm right now people come here on holiday they do want the the, the lovely nice dining restaurants maybe they're not so interested in you know these kind of local brands like I know someone's one of your favourites. If you're coming on, if you're coming on holiday watch, from, watch your mouth. Exactly. Well, if you're coming, if you're coming over on holiday, are you going to Samuel Noodles? No, you're not really. To be fair, you're going to go to the kind of touristy spots. You're going to go to JBR. JBR. I mean, I, I know you mentioned you went to that one restaurant, Thai restaurant on JBR Beach. Fine. Apart from that, like, yeah, it's, it is the commercialised. I mean, some of the restaurant. I like. I love Eat Greek, and it's a commercialised restaurant. It's, it is what it is. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's not truly Greek food, yeah. but it's nice in terms of what it is. But I think right now, Dubai strategically positions up as like, you know, a tourist destination because of the, the way it's located. The, and then it feeds that economy. Yeah. The place that I really have hope for, and I was speaking to one of my clients earlier, like Global Village. 
Okay. And like, when was the last time you went to Global Village? <laughs> I actually went March this year. So, I say this year. Well, I don't know when this game released. This year. Oh, yeah. It might be an end of season. 2024. Yeah, yeah. Third, 23. Yeah. Sorry, so, Global Village, the one thing that you have at Global Village that you don't have anywhere else in Dubai is football. Like, yeah. when you're in JLT and you're Samuel Noodles, you are not having hundreds of thousand people walking past your restaurant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And in London, you have that luxury. Like, yeah. you have the streets where people are constantly walking around. Dubai, you don't have that. Yeah. You go to Global Village. I went there the other day. It is rammed. It is, yeah. It's heaving. And all, heaving. Of, all of the food stores are completely packed out. Yeah. I was speaking with one guy. Apparently, they're making like 9 million dirhams in a six-month season. What? A restaurant? Yeah. yeah. What restaurant? Doing what? I can't say which restaurant, yeah, yeah. but... Like selling... Food. Like a cuisine like one restaurant. Or... No, like one restaurant. Not a kiosk. Apparently oh, one right. guy's got like multiple kiosks and he's making like 15 million over six months. What? Because the footfall is just constant. I know it's great. I always, I always find it weird. They would come out with these facts like, you know, Global Village is the most popular destination to buy yeah. for tourists. They have fucking billion people go there. And I've always thought, no, that's a lie. Well, no way. Who's going to Global Village? But evidently, it, a lot of everyone. people. Yeah, everyone. Because you go on a Saturday and Sunday, you're like, of course, it's going to be heaving. You go on a Monday or a Tuesday, it's still heaving. That yeah, place yeah. is like a people whirlpool, which just sucks everyone yeah, in. Yeah. I've seen you, you, put, you had a few stories there. Yeah. So what, what is the food scene there like? The food scene's good. Like, I think it's going through an evolution. Like, when people, when it first opened, it was a lot of, like, burgers. Fries. Yeah, that's, in my mind, I went once years ago, and well, obviously once this year, and my yeah. mind goes to, like, okay, what food, is, and I think, in my mind, theme park food yeah, kind of stuff, yeah. like, just a bit shit. Like, it's not, you're not going to be, you know, mm. going there to tantalise your taste buds. You say that, though, but, like, when you think of, like, the floating market with all the Thai stores, you get, like, authentic Thai food there. Do you? A hundred percent. Like, it's legit Thai food. Owned by Thai owners. Owned Thai owners, Thai chefs, Thai businesses, Thai ingredients. Really, really good. Good. Now you see, like, an evolution where people are starting to bring more of their cultural food. So you have, like, I went to this place, Turkish Tantuni. Never had a Tantuni in my entire life. Don't want Tantuni. It's like a wrap. You, like, basically, like, cooks peppers with spices and beef or chicken and then he gets like lavash bread and like just smears it around picks it all up into a wrap pours yogurt over it with more spices it's really really good kind of like a posh so kebab see, similar so you like you see more of that stuff there's a guy who's got like a horizontal shawarma which apparently is different from the vertical shawarma <laughs> that's like your half Cutting a burger in half. Exactly. Of, yeah. He's mugging Talking you off him again. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. He's, got, he's got a venture in Global Village as well. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's making money off you. He, like, he knows. He's marketing. I told you. Yeah, cutting burgers exactly. yeah. in half is number exactly. one. Horizontal shawarma. Horizontal shawarma. Thanks. But like... Whoa, wait, wait. Okay, why is it horizontal shawarma? Exactly as it sounds. You know, normally it's vertical. He's just better horizontal. Oh, you mean when it's cooking on the when spit? When it's cooking on, on the spit. Yeah, oh, yeah. I thought Which isn't as good because like the juices aren't dripping down it. But like when people look it through the glass... Right. Just seeing a horizontal makes a difference. Okay, marketed. Birria tacos went there the other night. Ah, Proper. that's what I wanted to see. Yeah. Birria tacos are delicious. They way. are. Like, they Maze are. Maze tacos. The ones I have at Maze tacos, shout out. Delicious. Maze tacos is good. Leela's Taqueria. I know, yeah. You have to go there. I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been. You told me to go there. Yeah. I had the steak. Ah, yeah. You told me to get the steak. It was yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. Leela's, shout out. But that's the thing. You're starting to see people now bring a little bit more different food. And I think that's good because there were so many burger places there 
the burger place is going to learn. Nobody wants to eat burgers anymore. Yeah, that, there's a time and place for it. I get it. Whatever. It's a burger. And to be fair, I don't know what the demographic of Global Village is. And I think burgers it's is probably not... zero to 100. Yes, yeah, <laughs> true. But I'm saying, are burgers the one for that culture? And the people, what, what, what do you want there? I went there and I think I just went to a restaurant. I was with my my mum my and auntie. We went to, like, I think it was a Turkish restaurant. I just yeah. want, I just really, like, like I said last time, Mr. Kebab. I saw, every time oh, yeah. I go, I'm like, where can I get kebabs? And I saw a Turkish restaurant. Yeah. I'm That's what it's called, Donna Kebab there. That says Donna Kebab. Yeah. Well, there we go. Did you go there? No. I went to, I went to, I don't, actually, I actually don't know the name of the restaurant. <laughs> I just went to a place where it was Turkish and I saw kebab on the menu. I went, Taryn's going to sit here and eat the kebabs. Yeah. So, yeah. So I've got hope. Like when I look at the Dubai street food scene, Global Village is like our best. Global Village is our borough market. <laughs> it is. Oh. But like when you look at like Singapore, like the Hawker Markets is the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's that? Yeah, the Hawker Market. Well, you know, the, the closest one to it is the one, uh, Streetery. Yeah, which is was like, the imitation of it. Which I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking Streetery times 200 vendors in there. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, little yeah, yeah. kiosks, let them come and try. Yeah. Alcohol licenses, because let's face it, we live in 2023 now to buy everyone's drinking just give everyone alcohol licenses yeah, yeah. Like, I think, I, I, to be fair I think that is becoming the norm now to I'm food. glad I, it, I actually I, don't think it's less I, it used to be back in the day a bit yeah. more of a touchy subject now it's you know it's kind of a norm now I'd say it's like a, I think about but it, on that point actually go on I thought so the point you ever go to the point oh well the graveyard yeah so I thought you would just naturally think Okay, well, you got this great space view. End of the palm. End of the palm. Nice. Okay, fine. All the restaurants downstairs were unlicensed. Fine. All the top restaurants at the top were licensed. Mm. If you said back then, and I understand why they did it back then, because my mindset when that got launched, I was like, that's going to be the place. Because you've got, so. you're on the palm. People love going for tourists. Going on the palm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back then, you didn't really have anywhere to go to the palm bar going to like Atlantis. Yeah. There was no real, really. I know that Club Vista Mane opened. There's no well. like destination. The there was no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, and you get perfect views of Atlantis. And, you know, you get to sit there, have dinner, whatever it may be. Uh, you go for a few bevs. My mindset was like, give an alcohol license, people will come. People didn't Not really upstairs. come. You've got to look at like footfall. You walk into the point, you look left, you look right, you see people sat on the terraces, you're going to go there. You're not going to go, oh, what's that up on the second level tucked mm. away behind the railing? Oh, but let me go upstairs and venture up there. Oh, they serve alcohol there. People mm. are lazy. Like, you've just got, why they need just alcohol license all of it? Yeah. I, but the thing is, I don't know if alcohol would have saved that place. Yeah. yeah I just, I don't, and I don't, I don't know why it failed. I don't, think, I don't think alcohol says any place, to be fair. I think our culture, though, us, yeah. being British, we like to have a drink with our food. No, I disagree. Like, when you look at, like, the Thais, like, Thai food, they drink beer, like, Chang beer. Yeah. Oh, good thing about uh, Australia. They have their BYOB. Bring you can your, actually bring your own booze to restaurants. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a normal thing in Australia. And something that's, more prevalent in Thai restaurants. It, mate, it's so good. So, so you just bring like a bag of booze and just start. Yeah, so the, the, the last night we left, the the night before we left, went to, I went to three Thai restaurants actually this trip. Uh, last one was we wanted to go to, my missus like, we have to go to this place. She's She went there years ago. She yeah. loves it, loves it, loves it. And she's like, BYOB. The first time I heard that kind of terminology is actually the first time I went to Australia, which was like six, seven years ago. Yeah. And I was like, what's BYOB? The bar, obviously, you know, you go to your mate's house. Yeah. Bring your booze. But I live in, you do that for restaurants. So some of the restaurants, they charge you like a corkage fee. $2, for example. Bottle of wine, okay. $2. For the most part, because they 
which the reason I like about it is because the, 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 these restaurants are not like sit down, here's the menu, sir. What would you like? A glass of. It's just like really, it's all about the food, all about the great food. So they're like, come along, here's, here's the food menu. You want to bring your own booze? Bring it along. Have a good time. I just feel, I don't know why I feel weird about that. Because you don't have it in the UK. But why, don't, why wouldn't they just sell booze? They're missing out on like... They don't care about the booze. Their, their, their prerogative is about the food. Why do I need to waste buying money on... Um, sorry, I'll cover your face there. <laughs> why do I need to buy cases of different types of wines, different types of beers? To sell spirits? It. Yeah, but when it's not your prerogative. It's like, we make great Thai... In this restaurant, we make yeah. great Thai food, right? There's a barlow. They call it a barlow, which is next door. You go in there, I'll have six IPAs, which IPA is massive in Australia yeah. as well. You don't really have that much lager. It's all IPA. Hazy IPAs, fantastic. You go there, or buy a bottle of white wine. You come in, they give me a paper bag, sit down, they put it in the fridge for you, and they, they will serve it for you as well. Do you reckon they've got, the restaurants have got like a stake in those No, places? no, because these barlows are just like businesses on their own. I think that what the barlows do, they probably position themselves next to the restaurants. Next restaurants yeah. which are, and it's, I hear you. The first time I heard that, I was like, that's weird. Like, why would you do that? That's a bit weird to bring your own alcohol to a restaurant. But it works. The thing that, and you get to choose exactly what you want. And it's for much cheaper. The, the, the thing that I'm... Like, my initial reactions are those. Like when you think about restaurants in the UK, is the majority of their margin, they're like their profit they make is on yeah. alcohol. Yeah, fair. And it's Especially like, if you, as well. if you take a restaurant like Asian Street by Thai, JLT, excellent Thai food, super authentic. If she was serving... If Tip was serving beer and like whatever, she's serving alcohol there. Yeah. They'd be able to make so much more money yeah. just off the alcohol that perhaps she would be able to have a second location or a bigger space mm. or, you know, improve her delivery packaging or whatever. Like they've just got so much more disposable income. When you take that away from restaurants in Dubai, you just, you handcuff them. There's only a limit that they can do. Yeah, I know. I, I, I kind of teeter on that because one part of me is like, okay, yeah, it's a good revenue st- stream. It's good for the consumer. They can enjoy a glass of wine or have a beer with it. Other side of me is like, I don't think all restaurants need alcohol to be. Yeah, a, I don't like a good place. If you look at three, like, sometimes I quite like going to a restaurant and not knowing the devil is tempting. Like, yeah, oh, I know what you mean. I'm yeah, going yeah. there. I'm have a lovely meal, whatever me like the Penel- Penelope's ceviche uh, yes. place, right? If it did wine, amazing, right? A nice crisp glass of wine with that really food. Wine. Oh, mate, that is that, that is a dream. The fact I go there. I don't drink. I don't really need to drink. I don't yeah. have the, the incentive drink. I just focus on, I'm on a lovely, great meal, and then I go home and drive responsibly. Whereas then, once you bring alcohol into play, I'm saying it's not bad or good or whatever it may be. I think it's just more of a like, I'll have a little glass of wine with it. Is that good? I don't know. Is that good for the business? Who am I to say? Yeah, I see what you, what you mean. I think what, if I look at it from an outside perspective, I think what the government's probably doing is being like, okay, Let's see who will pay for an alcohol license first. And once we've literally, like, everyone's paid for the alcohol license, we're not yeah, going to get yeah. any more money. Okay, now we'll just let everyone have yeah, one. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like giving away free stands at an exhibition. Not that yeah. I used to do that. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, I'm going to open another one of these fellas. Yeah, go on. Are you joining? Yeah. So they come in multiple it's, flavors. It's nicer than a Schlemmy, and I never didn't think I would say that. Thank you very much. Really? So what, when, I, when, when I landed into Sydney, I went to Bondi, met a friend there. And we just went to a barlow. And a lot of what people do, they go to the barlow, they'll go down to the Bondi beach, sit in the mound, have a little bottle of wine, watch the sunset, very active. We went there and I saw these fellas 
Uh, I think it's Australia. It is an Australian brand, and it comes in loads of different flavors. So we just bought like a ten pack, multi pack of just yeah. different flavors, and we just sat there, caught up, drinking these less heavy than beer. Honestly, if you guys are listening and you've never had a seltzer, you leave whatever you're doing right now. Your wife's going into labour. Leave her there. She'll be fine. Exactly. You go down to an A&E or an MMI. You get your alcohol licence and you buy a pack of Mike's Heart. Do they, have, do they have many seltzers in now? Because they, it's a new thing. Yeah, they've got, a couple of, they've got a couple of types, but they sell out like instantly. I've been going to my uh, A&E yeah. and they just they sell out like instant. As soon as they come into stock, they're gone. Yeah. They're so refreshing, actually. On a golf course. Especially in golf. Oh, on a golf course. You know when you're drinking golf, uh, when you're drinking golf, when you're drinking beer, and it's all gassy, and and it's hot, and it's long. And it goes warm. Yeah, it's terrible. The person warm beer is Poulton, obviously. (laughs) When you have a Schlemmy, especially if you have them cold, you can have them on ice, so they stay cold for longer. Yeah, yeah, It makes you play better golf, let's face it. Well, I mean, in your mind it does. In my mind it does. When I'm playing, it definitely doesn't. It's (laughs) the opposite, my friend. Shank. But they are the, uh, they are the very very best drinks. They is nice. I actually enjoy them, so I think I'm going to go on to them. And, low calories. Yeah, and that's what About 80 odd calories. All right. Should we move on? Mm -hmm. For my little drinks break. So, we are now going to go into another reoccurring segment. Oh yeah, which is called. Do you want to explain what it is? It's called the. It's called the draw wall. The draw wall. Where's the inspiration from the draw wall? We're not ripping it off. <laughs> I know there, well, there'll be a lot of brands out there that used to watch Top Gear. Yeah, Top Gear, best show ever. They used to have the cool wall where every week they would look at either new cars or existing cars and they would rate them from uncool to cool to super cool to sub-zero. Sub-zero, baby. So we want to recreate that with food. So we're going to select three or four dishes that we've had yeah. in the week. Or in general, yeah. In yeah. general. Yeah. And then we're going to put them on this cool wall. Drool wall. Drool wall, yeah. Drool wall. Exactly there. And then I guess the tiers, we'll kind of categorize them, is so the lowest tier, which we've called large mid. Yeah. Tell them, tell them this is what large mid means. You know, you have something you're like, how was the food like? It was mid. This is like... Mid was, means average. It was large mid. Like, I'm not going back there. Large average. Large average, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tier two, epic eats. Epic eats is strongly recommend. You have that good food, you know, how was that restaurant? Lovely. You should go and check it out. Delicious. And then the first, so tier one, God tier good now this is reserved for the ultimate the specials yeah now what we're going to do we were, we were talking about doing it as for restaurants and yeah. we kind of categorize it but i think we realized we were going to get sued in this today <laughs> definitely <laughs> but also i think it's more interesting with dishes okay because i think you can have more of a subjective opinion on a dish rather than a restaurant entirely because when it comes to a restaurant you're talking about decor service yeah okay I where that. where whatever all the kind of things what make a restaurant great when it comes to dishes, you've got one thing to judge on, the taste, essentially. So I think it's quite nice that we're doing these dishes. So like Alice said, what we're going to do is we're going to choose three dishes. And this is not going to be every week. Sorry, listeners. I know you're gagging for it. We'll do it every so often where it will just pick th- three to four uh, dishes, what, which, you know, we've liked. Yeah. Or we've disliked. And we're going to position them. We don't have the physical board yet. We will have the physical board. We'll have the physical board. It'll be about here. Because I want Taz to put up something and then I'm going to take it and I'm going to put it straight in the bin down here. And then I'm going to buy a bin. Young ass mean. Uh, can we get a young? Can we get a young bin there? <laughs> this is but great for this is great for audio, audio, audio listeners. They're like, "What are they talking about?" But for you audio listeners who don't, who can't see, I mean, we are available on YouTube. What are you doing? Get on YouTube, my friend. Is we're gonna have a board 
just like the Top Gear one, and we're going to have this kind of like tier system where we kind of stick on the dishes. Yes. So, you I think go, we'll go, you go, then I'll go, then you go. We'll okay. Right. So, I've got three to talk about today. Okay. Now, obviously, I haven't been away. I already know which one it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Well, I'm going to go. I'm going to say the best of last. Okay, fine. I'll say the best of last. Well, is it the best? Who knows? Durham DXB, you've been there? Yes. The original double. Yep. That beautiful lamb wrapped in that, just that bread and the sauces and the onions with the sumac is, I'm going to say, okay, do I can't, I can't go God tier. No, no. It no. is banging. It is. I can't do God tier rather than start. So I'm going to put it in epic eats. Yeah. Tier I, two. I would completely agree with that. You've got succulent, juicy kebab. You've got the lavash bread brushed with the homemade spicy sauce, grilled to perfection, just to give it a crisp. All the juices in there. Definitely an epic eat. Really good. The thing I will say is, when was the last time you had one? Been a while now. Yeah. I'd say a good few months. I know they opened a branch in Motor City. Yep, they did. So I've not been to that. The one I went to was like miles. I was in that old sheet. Yeah, I remember you telling me about this. You should go. And I think I I went to Dragomart one day. And I was like, oh, on the way back, I'm going to go to this Durham DXB, which... Did not disappoint. It was fantastic. Yeah, they're really, really good. Also, when you go there, they do a shalgam, which is a Turkish fermented black carrot drink. Spicy. Ah, spicy. Spicy fermented black carrot juice. Yeah. And you have that with your durum. So you're drinking a spicy drink with a spicy durum. Yeah, but it's the, you know, you've got the fattiness of the kebab. Yeah. You need something to cut through it. Like the fermented Mm. sharp tang of the drink. It just works. You know what I actually quite like? when I'm eating spicy food, which I did a lot of it when I was in Istanbul, is that, um, what's their yogurt drink they have? Um, Iran. Iran. Mate. God, I love an Iran. I, I didn't, like, in my mind, I'm like, when you first told me about it, and I've seen it before, and I was like, I'm, I'm all right with the water or a Diet Coke. No. But we went to that one Turkish place near the the Grand Bazaar. Yeah. And I was like, oh, the Garan, I'm going to have it. Eating that s- spicy, fatty wrap, and then you have the little sip of the, the salty. Yeah. Mate, it just goes. What a combo! Because you you never think of like how a drink pairs with a food until yeah. you have something like fatty and spicy, and then you've got like cooling and sour. It's just yeah, yeah. oh, so good. The, uh, the next one up for you when you upgrade. Okay, Iran is here. Duk Iranian duk abali duk. It's naturally carbonated. So think of an Iran. Ooh, I don't so, know about the carbonation. Not so creamy, more sour, more salty, carbonated. Carbonated. carbonated I don't know. Naturally fermented. Mate, it's God's here. I'd put a Bally Duke up here. I literally have a... Every time I go to Global Village, I buy... Where can I get it? Global Village is the only place I know. There's really? Also, yeah, there's a supermarket on Jamaica. Which one's by Global Village? Sponsored by Global Village. Sponsored by a Duke from Iran. <laughs> Sponsored by Turkey. Okay, my one... Mm. I think I, I eat enough food. I think I'm going to try and do this like week to week, bi-weekly. Okay. Going to shock you, right? Did I put it in the group? My, no, no, I, don't, I actually don't okay. know any of yours. So yesterday I was at Top Golf. Okay, fine. There's no way anything from Top Golf can be on this list. See, that's what I thought. So Top Golf, if you weren't aware, in their upstairs... Which I didn't realise. Top golf, just for the listeners. The big top golf. Yeah, yeah. We play golf. golf okay, yeah, we're golfers. Yeah, we're golfers. Kind of a big deal. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Twenty-five handicap. <laughs> so you got top golf, and obviously you go to top golf. Bar bites, fries. Yeah. To be fair, the food, the food is what you expect. Nice standard, kind of like upstairs. They've opened Toad in the Hole, which is a British. British I British saw this. Pub. Yes, yes, yes. Please tell me it's good. Proper British gastro pub. 
mahogany floors, right. green leather seats, right. brick wall, okay. dartboard from Bedrock. You know Ooh, the ones there? I love a dartboard. And the wall Pool is knocked through. Not, not yet. Okay. Knocked through so you can watch the football screens downstairs. Oh, they've got big old screens. So the chef, I met him at Top Golf. He recognized me and he was like, you need to come in and try this roast. It's the best roast in Dubai. As soon as anyone, That's a big call. As soon as anyone says that to me, I just... We are going to do an episode on the best roast. We will. We will. For all our international listeners who are dying to know that. So immediately I was like, that's a big claim. Not sure if... You can't be claiming that shit. But then Pin, our friend... He went there and he's like, mate, if you had the roast at Top Golf, no way. He thinks it's the best in the bar. No way. So I thought if Bing comes and says, and let's face it, he's as British as it gets. <laughs> he's <laughs> very, very He very is British through and through. Does he have a bulldog tattoo? Probably somewhat. I think he does on his back. So um I so I went there budget. and I went to try it. Chef sat me down. Um he's got three types. So he's got lamb, beef, and chicken. Now the beef is wagyu beef. What? Six marbling score. Whoa, this it's is getting, not, this is bougie. I don't think if it's technically a roast, they sous vide the beef and oh. then they give it like a little seary sear. Oh, so don't roast it. I don't think they do. Maybe I just wasn't listening to right. <laughs> okay. Super tender, cooked to perfection, roast potatoes. See that okay. When you're talking about roast potatoes, this is the this is where make or break, yeah, right? You can yeah. do good meat okay. and I get it. I hate it when you go to these roast uh, roast, yeah, roast places and they talk about their they're roast potatoes with like duck fat or any other fat, right? Which I love and you get it and they're soft. They don't have that crisp. They're not fluffy inside. So what's the criteria for a good roast potato? Crispy exterior. Yeah. With the fluff. So you get with the, the fluff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So and it's like crisp and charred. Yeah. Not charred. But... Light, fluffy interior. Yeah. yeah. And exactly. if you get the dog shit, waxy potatoes out of every supermarket in Dubai, you can't even make it. Yeah. Yeah, true. These ones, crispy Fluffy on the inside. Very good. Find it hard to put in is like this big. It's like a car wheel. Oh. But it's not like, it's not just. You know, I, you know, everyone, the listeners here, not everyone's had a Yorkshire pudding. Okay. I don't even know how to explain the Yorkshire pudding. Yorkshire but, pudding is just, it's a Yorkshire pudding. It's like a hollowed out bread roll. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't really know. Absolutely how not. How would you describe a Yorkshire pudding to someone who's well, never Yorkshire had a Yorkshire pudding? It's basically batter. Yeah. Was it flour? Water. Uh, an egg. An egg, yeah. Yeah. And you put it in a. Oh, let's not get a hot tin of oil. And then yeah, raises. it raises up. It is the the because even in England, it's the, it's a, it's a North of England thing. Yeah, it's not really a Southern English thing. It's a North of England, the Yorkshire pudding. Yeah, yeah, from York. Yeah, hence the name. Anyway, Google it if you don't know. Carry on, sorry. So he has that. The lamb he's gone for a lamb shank. Mm. So slow. Do cut. you get a lamb shank? Yeah, whole lamb. You shank. get a whole lamb shank. Whole lamb shank. Wow. Pick the bone up. Drops off. Wow. Good sign. Okay. Chicken, corn-fed chicken, marinated, also sous vide, and then finished in the jasper. Yeah. Jasper, jasper comes with side portion of cauliflower cheese. Yeah, I said the accoutrements and, and extra extra green veggies and extra gravy. Ooh, 120 dirhams. Or if you buy four, you get an hour of top golf free. <laughs> really? I don't know if you want to do. I'm out of here. Alex has gone to his booking what at top golf. What more do you need? What more do you need? That's wild. That? And you'll be then, okay, fine. You're saying what these things are, and you're saying is one of the best roasts you've had. See, if the roast thing wasn't so contentious, I'd be putting it close to Epic Eats. I know it's going to just wind a lot of people up. So, God tier. I'm going to put it in. It's nowhere near going to God tier. I'm going to put it on Epic Eats until you lot go and try it, and then you tag us. Take a photo of it, tag me. Well, tag us, Savage Not Appetites, and say, 
we rate it this out of yeah. 10. So okay. just remind me, it's either God tier, tier one, Epic Eats tier two, or large, mid to large, mid. Tier two. Just say, just let us, and we'll let you decide, actually. How are we doing on time? We're all right. Okay. Good. You go and speed it up a bit. Ooh, I feel like my turn. Carried away. You had a restaurant called Liberty Maison mm-hmm. in DIFC? Yeah. Escargot. Yep. That is incredible. The first time I had Escargot was at LPM. Everyone's raving about it. Go eat the Escargot Tower. This is years, years ago. Fine, I go there, eat the escargot, job done, put it near the god tier. Put it near the god tier. There's nothing better than garlicky, butter, parsley, the snail just, is just a vessel for okay. it. Okay. You slip it, you drizzle it on that bread. I'm going to put this. Has anyone ever been like, oh my God, I'm craving escargot right now? That's oh my God, it. that escargot is so Because they're uncouth. Because they're this bloody big, mate. Yeah. It's like having a it's like having a chicken tender one centimeter. Best big, things come I... in small packages. That's what you've always told me. <laughs> so is your girlfriend. That's why I told her. <laughs> um, I agree. The LPM escargot as far as escargot go. Okay. I was see why I did that. Yeah. Sales is I think in. that is definitely up there. I just don't think escargot can be a, a god tier item. Can we? Just, okay. Can we put it on the? We'll put it on the fringe. Yes. Okay. Up towards. The I'll fringe take that. Other. I'll take yeah, that. Yeah. It's the first. It's the first time I do. I'll take that. What was that? Oh. Your boys found another hidden meat. Hidden meat? I didn't find anything, but it's not hidden or hidden meat. Yeah. McDonald's. I was on a golf course with, uh, bumped into Chef Kelvin from Jun's. Okay. Really nice guy. Can hit a driver, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Very good golfer. Good on you. He comes to me, he's like, oh, have you been to Bricks Cafe? Best croissant in Dubai. Really? Okay. So, you know, do you remember Bricks? Three mm. fills. Okay, okay. Remember yeah. three fills, and then they had the dessert only concept next yeah, door. Yeah, yeah. They've now opened a cafe called Bricks Cafe, all day breakfast so in the same near the same location. Same that whole same area. Yeah, I went and had this croissant today. I've never raved about a croissant. I thought they were large mid as an item. It is they, a large mid item. It's a work of art. It's so beautiful, perfectly symmetrical, light, crispy, buttery, Ooh. slightly sweet, slightly salty. Perfect. I have a good friend. We have a good friend. Yeah, Rob. Who is a who self-proclaimed croissant connoisseur? Rob, if you're listening, get down to Bricks Cafe. Also, I'm on my phone. They've opened a new seafood restaurant next to it. Turkish seafood guy. Okay. To sell seafood on a table in Turkey. Here we go. He's now the undisputed like seafood master. Open a massive space right next to it. It's beautiful. They get all their seafood from the Black Sea. They serve it two days. After two days, if it's not sold, they get rid of it. Wow. All right, we'll like, go. We'll keep go. It fresh. Honestly. We'll go and we'll give you a, a guy that I know who's like like very, very good food blogger. He's like, excellent. <laughs> you know, may not was gonna say something quite no, no, epic no. there. You when he says excellent. Ex- when he says excellent, it's excellent. Like wow. he does he doesn't even say anything's good. Okay. He says this is excellent. Okay, so this croissant is excellent. I'm putting it up borderline. No, it can't be borderline. You can't have a croissant borderline. God no, tier. you know what? I'm going to put an epic eat. Epic. It's an epic eat, but a croissant, I'm still not sold as a croissant is, as an item, isn't a wow factor. Yeah. It's beautiful. Okay, fine. Right. Last one for me, anyway. Yeah. This is going to be uh, a contentious one. <laughs> yeah, I think you know what it is. The eyes are rolling already. KFC. Yeah. Spicy fries, baby. Mmm. That, that is like crack cocaine to me. I swear to God, that seasoning, if you get it fresh and they put that seasoning on it and they serve that to me, I'm like, serve that in a trough and it'll be gone. I, you don't get it in the UK either. Only here you get it. I don't make sense. You've, you've had it. No, I need you. I need you to go to KFC and I say, make that mother fresh. 
Make it fresh. Sprinkle that season on. I don't know what it is. It's the spiciness, the saltiness, it's the hotness of the fries and the fat. <laughs> I'm addicted to it. And I have to actually consciously not have it every week. I don't think you Otherwise, I'll be rolling into this. Don't studio. even put it near God's here. God, this, that, to be fair, it'll be, it would go past God tier to stratosphere levels if it was up to me this, this we've game. already unlocked a secret fourth <laughs> yeah, that is like that's where the spice fries KFC honestly though okay maybe it's not God tier to you in my head it is but if you have it right and okay if you get it delivered and it comes wet and soggy not great but if you have but it if fresh, by some miracle if you're Colonel Sanders himself if is smiling down on you and gives you a fresh hot set. Exactly. If you're like me, who are partial to a KFC at 11 a.m. like I'd, when no one's watching, I will do it. Um, those KFC spicy fries are the ones. So yeah, that's my that's my third one. So where are we, we putting it? Where are you putting it? I'm putting it in the bin, mate. That's like <laughs> the biggest mid I can think of. Oh, I can't. We can't go large mid. Okay, we'll go Epic Eats. And then we'll let we'll let you're them... on the border at the moment between large mid and epic eats. And I'm gonna go and taste them again. I'll give them one more chance. And if no, they you have to go with wa- me because I have to give the approval. Uh, Mr. Tarin, you're back again. Yeah, here we go, sir. The usual. Yeah, here's, here's the usual. Three buckets of <laughs> <laughs> spicy fries. Thank you, Can sir. Can I have a bucket? What? A fruit of chicken? No, <laughs> yeah. spicy fries. Yeah. yeah. So sure. have you had the bomb have you had bomb bird yet? No, I still want to do my bomb bird. bird had it the other day. Their gravy. Where epic. is the where like, is it again? Uh, they've now opened in JLT. Oh yeah, 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 yeah! It's really, really good. Nice. Okay, really fine. Good. good. Uh, really last good. one, just because I had it today, and it's the only one I can remember. Yeah. Uh, a place called Iranish Iranian restaurant makes the brunch and cake down in Wassel Fifty One. If you know Olfali near Olfali, love it. Iranian restaurant, beautiful, authentic Iranian. They do a lamb neck slow cooked with caramelized onion. Ooh, garlic. lamb neck, lamb neck smoked, finished in the jasper. Just get a bit of crisp in there. So you've got fatty, like fatty, rich lamb neck mm. with the sweet caramelized onions and garlic. Yeah. Melts off the bone, served with Iranian rice. Done. I can't, well, I'm not, I'm not trying it. So it's hard for me to kind of I'm, fault you. I've had quite a bit of Iranian food. Like a lot of the foodies I hang around with, they're all Iranian. Yeah. It's Iranian very is quite prevalent cuisine oh, here. Baby. Everyone's Iranian. Do you know, like, everyone's Iranian? <laughs> According to your friends. Yeah. No, everyone is actually Iranian. Man. Okay. Iranian food is class. This dish, the lamb neck from Iranish restaurant, I'm putting it solidly on Epic Eats. I think we need a fourth. I think we need a section in between Epic Eats and God Tier because I want to put it there. Oh, because God Tier is like God Tier is like one sub zero. We need cool or like super cool. Maybe I feel maybe like everything, everything's gonna go in Epic. Okay, Eats. So what we'll do? Okay, tell you what then. Next uh, next time we do this, I'll put it to the fans. We could put it to the what fans. What should we have? You, all, th- all, all three listens of you. Yeah. <laughs> mum and dad. Yeah. <laughs> my mum and dad, my brother, and our girlfriends. What do you think our... Okay, so we've got... Okay, we've got the last tier then. Let's say, let's let's make this a four-tier thing. Yeah. Last one is large mid, I'm which is like, that. meh. Now epic Eats. Epic Eats. Yeah. And then you're saying one between Epic Eats and God tier. Yeah, one between Epic Eats and God tier, which is like really good. Like really... Okay. Okay, because that would be up there. So we need one. So someone's got to come up with a name for it. Yeah, if drop pick, it on the social. What do you think it should be called? We get a free T-shirt. We pick your name, and Tess is going to make some T-shirts for us. I will make some merch for us. Anyway, look, guys, that I think that kind of kind of concedes. Yeah, is that, that, that the right word of episode two? Two. I want to hear from you. Do you think Dubai is a global food hub? If not, why? If so, why? Drop it on our social. We'll put a little poll, maybe. Yeah, we poll. could. We could. We poll. actually want to know. 
what does Dubai need to do to become a global food hub? And who do we need to have on as a guest who yeah. I could ask and say, I want a bloody borough market. Dubai <laughs> <laughs> Tourism, get on the podcast right now. I want a borough market. That's Aaron and Alex. We are Savage Eats. Savage Eats? That's savage the wrong way. That's our section. <laughs> yeah. We are Savage.Appetize on all the socials. Please follow us. Support your boys. And uh, we'll back to you for episode three. Here we go in the new year. Woo. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, boy. <laughs> Savage appetite.